Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast, Match Fix, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Episode 13 of Match Fix is here and it's another great one. I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I want to just get straight to it. But thank you so much for the patience of all you listeners and especially to Andrew, the producer. Life gets in the way sometimes and we have to prioritise what's best for us. But I hope you're all having a brilliant season as we come to the final stretch and are continuing to develop and push for more in the women's game. Enough from me and keep listening for part two. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download down to play from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to part two of episode 13 of Match Fix. And joining me today is Megan Stowe, who is a central midfielder at AFC Wimbledon Ladies. Hello, Megan. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. How are you? How's things? I'll, I'll give for the, for the listener. Um, we've had a little pre, pre-record rant about have. our weekends. So yeah. this is like the filtered version here. Yeah, this is like the less moany. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I had a lovely weekend. I was telling Abby that I went to um, a Palace game with Steph Mann, who I play alongside the middle of the pitch. Um, she's like a proper diehard Palace fan. So that was entertaining as a Chelsea fan. So I had to obviously be happy or not happy that they won 1-0. Um, and I stood in the Holmesdale bit. Anyone that's a Palace fan will know what that's like. And the great atmosphere, like really nice to go along. And then, yeah, played yesterday. And we lost, so we touched on that. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those games. Um, but yeah, all good. Nice, nice. I did forget to mention, I, my weekend wasn't entirely rubbish. I'm a Reading fan and Reading men actually won for what feels like an eternity. <laughs> but we also sat the manager, so it was like a chaotic really? weekend. Really? Like, yeah. Uh, it's been a oh. long time coming. Yeah, they've binned him off and pulled oh, in. Him, so yeah, <laughs> is he? Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't he the guy? I oh, know that's someone else. There was a guy. No, I think that's someone else. He like his. He had like a brother that like played or didn't. And... Well, Tom Ince plays for Reading right now. So you know, they just did a. I've seen a lot of tweets going around Twitter about how they just did like it's like proper like youth team Sunday league where they just went with dad's free and Tom yeah. stuck his hand up in the changing room. So yeah. <laughs> the madness absolute madness of the football world <laughs> it is true that true that indeed okay so we're all good we're all good here let's uh let's let's kick things off then let's go all the way back let's go back to to mini megan go back to your history like where where did football start for you yeah so i've got an older brother i've got two brothers so my oldest brother he's only 18 months older than me and my mum thought you know i've got myself a girl she's going to want to do all the girly things and you know that was not the case you know i used to wear astros and a chelsea shirt to my birthday parties um <laughs> like we all did you know that was the best look you know everyone was rocking that vibe and um yeah so anything he was doing i just wanted to do as well um, so I played boys football probably from the age of four or five with him um, for East Winstead, um, like United, who were like the local boys team that had some really good little footballers in. So I think I think girls benefit from playing boys football anyway. Um, I think you shouldn't until you, until you can't. So I sort of did that alongside. Um, I was at Brighton from the age of about eight or nine. I was there for a couple of years and then left there, went to Charlton from the age of about 10 so I was 16. So I was at Charlton Athletic for like six or seven years, really. Um, alongside still playing like boys football when I could um, and school football and that until I was like 13. Um, and then, yeah, I, that was lovely. I played with some very, very talented footballers, you know, um, likes of Kit Graham, um, Molly Bartrip, Vian Sampson, um, Fliss Gibbons, you know, they were all quite... Hannah Blundell, um, Megan Chandler, you know, some really decent little, you know, footballers. Um, which is great. And then, yeah, there was stuff you do, England camps and stuff. And, you know, for me, it was kind of like, I've kind of always been my biggest critic, I think. And I think I always held myself back. I'm not, I'm very confident in like social situations, all those things. But when it comes to like football, I I think people just expect me to know that I can play football. Like, and sometimes even now I'm like asking coach, like, have I done a good job? don't know um so yeah I think I always held myself back at times um and knew that like the England thing wasn't going to happen so um I went and actually Charlton cut the funding um Charlton sorry the FA cut the funding in half 
in whatever year that was, that would have been 2000, I don't know, 2013, 14, they cut the funding in half. So like, it was like Cholton versus Millwall. Millwall got the funding. Chelsea versus Fulham. Chelsea got the funding. It was all weird for like the youth setup. So I don't know what happened to Cholton. They ended up being like a different kind of academy. So anyway, I thought, well, I want to be playing at like, you know, under seven, under 17 level. Um, so I went down back down to Brighton. That's where um, we had a really good side down there. Um, my friend Charlotte Owen, um, who I met there, um, who was at Chelsea, same sort of similar amount of time I was at um, Charlton and things like that. Um, we had a really good side down there. And then that's where I started playing first team football at 16, um, which was great. I think it's very different to first team football now. Um, it was brutal. I mean, that was when you get slammed by like, you know, the scariest one on the pitch. Um, you know, that's what, 10, 11 years ago now. So, yeah, it was a really good experience. I captained like the reserves team for a little bit at the age of like 17. And yeah, it was nice. Like, I loved it down there. It was, it's, and it's still a lovely club. I think what they've done is amazing. The Lansing stuff happened just as I went, because I left to go to America when I was 19. Um, played in California for two years and then moved to Florida. Um, played for uh, Barry University, who... Also had some very good players, you know, uh, Molly Sharp was there with me, um, Christy Grimshaw, she plays for AC Milan. Um, yeah, like, I've always been lucky to be around some really, really good footballers, which have always kept me, like, kept my standard quite high, I think. Like, and, you know, in training and stuff, I'd be like, right, I'm going to mark Christy because she's unbelievable. So, like, and I was, like, more of a holding midfielder then because um, she, she, you know, she's a 10. So, I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're so good. You can go in front of me. Um so yeah, and then come back and I didn't really know what to do with myself after four years of like living an absolute dream. Um, and Crawley was for a side that like were just like a local team to me, like they were never anything special. Um, you know, when I was at during Brighton and Cholton, the thought of going to play for Crawley was I was like, you know, they don't really like they don't really have anything like about them sort of thing. So I went along there and there was just like this team that had been I don't actually know how it got assembled like you know none of us were getting paid like it was just Paul Walker I don't know what he did like just got this like fluky group of girls together um so they've been recently promoted from like the 50s this is since the 40 which I'm playing for Wimbledon now same same southeast um premier no southern premier southeast whatever it's called um <laughs> FA Women's National League and yeah, so what happened is, I don't think, I, mean, I think we lost one league game that year. We beat Coventry in the League Cup, in the FA Cup, who were now championship. Then they went and lost a game all season. Um, and yeah, had an unbelievable season. Played Arsenal in the FA Cup. Um, we had them at home and we, we made them actually play at Oakwood, which is like, I love that pitch, um, Oakwood in, in Crawley. That's probably one of my favourite pitches to play on. It's got a bit of a bit of a hill on it um and you know if you're going down the hill it's quite nice going up the hill is not so great um I remember trying to go up the hill and I was having to like run away from um Van der Donk and um Kim Little <laughs> and that wasn't fun but yeah it was it was tough but yeah it's it was a really lovely that season was unbelievable like I wish someone had documented it because it was unreal because obviously we won the league and got promoted um into the Southern Prem and yeah even that season then when I mean, we started the season fine, you know, we were in good form and then COVID hit at the beginning of 2020. So then obviously that came to halt like everyone's season. Thought we were going to be back again. And then things just weren't like, I mean, I started this personally, started the season probably in the best shape of my life because I was furloughed for six months from work and was going to be made redundant. So I like didn't really have anything to do other than train. Mm. Um, I was running like half marathons in the lockdown. Like I was like a little twig. <laughs> and my mum was like, you need to eat something. You're getting really thin. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, you know, start the season, best shape probably of my career, to be honest with you, even when I was in America. Um, and just some things started to change that like I just didn't really agree with. And as like a loyal footballer and someone that I sort of just knew my worth, you know, I was being rotated out for a player that had just come into the squad um, when we weren't in the same position. It was no fault of her own. It was the, you know, decisions of the manager at the time. And it happened one game. I was like, fine, like, I'll let it go. And then the week after, I played like this county cup game. Obviously, got ninety minutes to keep me a bit sweet. And then it happened again. And I just couldn't. I I just couldn't bring myself to be playing Pompey the next day. And I just couldn't bring myself to go along. I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Like, 
it and I gave you know that's three weeks really I gave it and I just thought I'm not a fringe player like I need to be playing 90 minutes um so yeah on that Saturday evening I called Kev um Foster who's the well get him to call me a women's manager just from mainly from recommendation from Paul Walker actually um Rebecca Carter's there she played at Crawley with us um and they seem like a really lovely club that has a lot of ambition and I mean even this year obviously I didn't realize how much ambition they actually like do have I mean there's all well and good him telling me that like and and I you know I was like yeah like I you know not gonna happen already so yeah I joined them in November 2020 yeah so that was that that 20 yeah November 2020 um and then COVID so I basically went on the Tuesday like other clubs then started messaging me because I literally hadn't put anything anywhere and then I just said that I'd like the, that Tuesday night I, he was like you're gonna sign then like the next day <laughs> we're going into lockdown it's like the second of November yeah and I was like yeah all right then I'll sign <laughs> and then um yeah so I signed with them and yeah still there so in terms of like the ambition the club has I mean like you've seen it it's unbelievable like all our home games pretty much have been at Plough Lane which is the um stadium that the the fans have pretty much built like finished off themselves like the club as a whole um aligns with my sort of beliefs anyway like it's a proper football club like you know they came from National League football after the MK Donsing from nothing like and Vinnie Jones playing for them and you know as a kid like watching Mean Machine like you can't not love that bloke like I love him and yeah I just think it's the girls are lovely like the staff are unbelievably unbelievably good um and I just think it's a nice bit of club where you feel appreciated as well um as a player and a person um so yeah that's where I've got to God, I feel like I've talked for ages. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's interesting. You've had like a, a really interesting sort of intricate journey. You've done a little bit of here, there and everywhere as well. <clears throat> yeah. But I always like to stay somewhere as well. Like I don't like to move about. So like when I was at, you know, even going and sort of stayed at Brighton, went back to Charlton, went to Brighton. And I, I kind of like to stay where I am. I didn't want to leave. Probably. It was like a bad breakup. I was like, <laughs> don't want to go. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of gone like, a windy way in a way no that's interesting though um andrew who produces this podcast as well and runs podcasts so he'll be very pleased because he's a massive charlton fan so he'll be he'll be you're he? at charlton for a little bit oh i love charlton it's, it's <laughs> a good, that's a very good club as well they look they're getting looked after as well all of the girls that play you know that work that play there now and it's nice it's lovely to see mm. really nice yeah, so let's go back just a little bit. So let's start with, well, let's go for, uh, let's talk about Brighton and Charlton. So obviously you were mm. in, the, in the academy set up there. Mm. Did you, f- from, a, from a young age, did you, were your ambitions to, to play football? Did you think, oh, I want to be a footballer? I think I honestly just doubted that that was even a career. Do, mm. you, know, do you know what I mean? I think it was like, I was like, could I have, could I play as a professional for, could you be a professional footballer? You didn't really see it, did you? So like, I think I've almost been a part of that generation that's kind of been like the ones that's given the opportunity to the next ones. I'm on like the cusp of that, but at the same time, it's lovely seeing like I'm buzzing for everyone that is doing that as a full-time job. Like obviously that's a dream. Um, but yeah, I think I'd all, if anyone asked me, I would have said, yeah, like, you know, as you do, I feel like you have a hell of a lot of self-belief when you're, when you're younger and you know even going into women's football I think it I think it knocked me down a few pegs and I think naturally that happens to all the youngsters when they realize that you know you've come from playing youth football probably probably the best player in the team or whatever and then then you're not again and you have to build your sort of reputation yourself and and play well um and except the like five minutes you get at the end of a game um to begin with but yeah I think it was always a dream you know watching Bender like Beckham just like yeah I want to play I want to be a fresh footballer like but I think I personally, looking back at it now, I don't know if I actually thought that that was a career, if that makes sense. So, yeah, if someone asked me, I would have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so, so how long were you at Brighton and Charlton for? It was through, throughout your youth, you said, wasn't it? Yeah. So I played for, so like I said, Grits United boys team. Um, I used to actually going like I don't even know if we were on the record playing for them but um my friend and I this girl called Autumn Bowden she plays actually plays hockey three sprinted hockey club like she's in the first team now they're really good they produce a lot of like Olympic mm-hmm. Olymp- like Olympians like yeah. they're really good and um 
we were like helping out like East Quincy girls at the time, which was kind of what Crawley Ross standard was back in the day. Yeah. Um, that was fun. So we do a bit of that. And that taught me to actually speak like the way that you communicate with people is so important. I mean, I'm still a work in progress because sometimes I can be a cow on the pitch, but <laughs> I think play with players that maybe don't play as much and things like that. I think sometimes playing with people that aren't that experienced and whatever um, helps. But yeah, so I was at Brighton for about the age of nine. Um, probably it was like under 10s under 11s football um I don't think you could have gone any younger than that at the time but I was playing like every single night I'd play at like the local academy here it was a thing called AJFA at the time this guy called Aaron Jacobs used to do it which got taken over by Charlton which is where Charlton picked me up from so then they saw me at that said do you want to come to Charlton I mean at the time Charlton were, you know had a better caliber of player than Brighton um so yeah went there about the age of 11 and then was there for five, six years till like 16, 17. Um, so yeah, went through all the age groups there um, where you'd play like up a year and then you play your year. Um, you was in that in between, weren't you? Um, which is good, I think, even for now for like connections of people that you know. Um, like it's such a small world, isn't it? Women's football world anyway. Um, so yeah, I, and then I went back to Brighton when Charlton got their funding cut um, and it was run by Michelle Lawrence at the time. Um, that team that she was putting together anyway. I remember just going down and trialling and they had really, really good footballers that were like, you kind of where I am as well, because I'm near Gatwick. You are kind of either going to have to go to the coast or you have to go into London to play for a decent side. There was nothing around here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of nice that, I guess, in hindsight, Crawley is getting better for younger players in this area. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was nice. I think the two actually complemented each other quite well because um, I felt prepared from playing the level of football I had at Charlton, going to Brighton, I was ready to, you know, break into first team, playing with the players I had and stuff like that, really. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. I think it's really interesting as well how you said about how you just used to play with the boys as well. And, like, obviously the opportunity wasn't there. And I think maybe women's football is probably losing that a little bit now. And mm. I don't know if that's, like, like you said, like, you think it's a good thing. And I think, actually, I don't know... It's uh, one of those sort of fine edge, like sword things, isn't it? Where you think mm. it's probably a, a good thing and of benefit to play with. I think for both sides as well, for boys to mm. play with girls and girls to play with boys. So yeah, that one's that one's a tricky one, I think. As obviously where where girls and women's football becomes more professional and we see it kind yeah. of, we, we see it trickle down. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I played for um, yes, yeah, so even when I was playing for Cheltenham on a Saturday. Saturday I'm trying to work out no so I, I mean I had a I had even until like they stopped at 11 when I was when, when back when we were playing probably uh, with boys but now it's 13 isn't it so yeah I was playing for East Queen's Town for a season actually um I think the games that I couldn't play for like Charlton I'd go and play for them yeah. and like the first game it was a place called Mount Noddy in East Queen's and I banged in a hat trick and they were like oh well, she can actually play um so like you know I but I you thrived off of that as a girl didn't you like you know, put yourself about. I mean, most of the time you probably hit puberty before them anyway. So like those boys now, I see them out like on a night out and they're like, oh, I remember when you, when you nutmeg me, like one <laughs> of my boyfriend's mates. Like, so, you yeah, know, I, I, you're right. I think it is like a double-edged sword. The way that they're probably going to, and clubs will capture, you know, youngsters um, and keep them just playing with girls or, and, you know, to, to, to develop them that way. But then this, your speed of play, like, you know, boys play very differently to women. And, and there's a lot of girls that you play that you could say play like boys, you know, yeah. or whatever. Um, and I think you get your maybe it's like the little bit of a toughness thing, a little bit of a I think it's the I always think boys that when you watch them, they're so much more impulsive. Girls looks I think for women's people can look a bit slower because you're thinking about everything a bit more probably what men do. Not to be like sexist or anything. I just think genuinely women like assessing a situation whereas men when they go for a ball or young boys when they're going to the ball it's like boom they're just going for it whereas you might think do I really want to go for that tackle um yeah but yeah it's um it's interesting but yeah like you say I think it shaped me made me better I genuinely may think it made me a better footballer um I think a lot of people would say that a lot of people I know like sort of my age played boys football um because that's what the opportunities weren't always there as well for the girls but now it'd be interesting like you say to see if there's a difference in the player like from not playing boys football like I mean I guess the coaching's got a lot better and yeah. things like that as well so I guess that's an argument for it but yeah 
it's 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 a different game, isn't it? Like you watch men's and women's football, you can't really compare the two. Then can you? Once you're playing adult football, it's two. It's a different game. They're not comparable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting. Mm, it's one of those ones to ponder, isn't it? Have a little think about. <laughs> On that topic, actually, as well, though, I um I think I was listening to something recently, and it was about Barcelona women, and obviously their sort of pinnacle of European football right now being Champions mm. League winners, and they often play training games with the academy with the men's academy so really? yeah so i think that maybe is a testament to actually it's probably a benefit to be playing against boys and playing with boys possibly i don't know but yes yeah, so they often play academy games against boys just because it is so much quicker mm. i saw like, um i saw beth lumsden who plays for oxford united she was training with the men's first team doing some like shooting stuff and like just things like that you pick up different things like they see you know, people see a different game anyway and, you know, you could stand there and watch a game and be like, oh, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they do that? But actually training and seeing things like on a training pitch and like them going, oh, you know, I might have done that. Like, it's, I don't know, getting inv- any advice that you can soak up from coaches or players, like you're going to take, especially with like as a woman, it's like you want you want that experience, but be around talented people, don't you, really? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, spot on. So, yeah, that's definitely an interesting one, indeed. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I want to start a research project now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like that. I'm always like, oh, I wonder. Oh, I wonder <laughs> what the difference is. I know. I'm always reading things like that, too. So I don't know. Mm. On the topic of research, actually, let's talk mm. university. So you went off to America. That must yeah. have been a real interesting experience as well and I bet that was mm. in fact actually so I've spoken to Naomi Felton from um, Fulham and mm. she went and did she went and did a degree and went out to America as well and so we talked about her experience with there what was that what was that like so did you say so you did Miami and where did you go before Miami sorry was it I was California, California. Yeah. yeah how was yeah. that like how was America as an experience oh I do you know I loved it I mean I went to two very different places like yeah. I was like proper North, Northern California, which is if you, if you're ever going to go, like you have to go to Northern California. I actually think it like shits all over the like Southern California, honestly, like <laughs> I, it's, it's like, don't get me wrong, LA and all that's cool. But like for me, San Francisco up, it's beautiful. There's hiking, like you literally don't hear anything. Like it's dead quiet. I mean, you might see a mountain lion, which I've seen, which is terrifying. Um, and bears and it's just amazing. And yeah. And I met, you know, some of my, I met my absolute best friends there. Um, a girl called Bella. Um, she now she's Scottish. I mean, I lived, so yeah, when I moved over there, I lived with a Geordie, a Scottish girl and an American and American really hadn't really, I mean, she'd actually, she traveled a lot. Um, but, she's just never been around i mean she could understand me but a real harsh geordie called, <laughs> a girl called hannah fenn um who's a fantastic footballer she used to play for newcastle and um bella she's played for i'm gonna get this wrong it's not hibs it's not hibs but she's from no pressure, you say she's your best friend <laughs> like that i don't know it was like no i won't have a that's christy she played for a decent side <laughs> i actually had her shirt and everything um she's gonna kill me i don't actually know um so yeah, it was interesting to say the least. So yeah, even just like where we were, the boys team was quite close with the girls team. Like they were a load of like, most of them were internationals or like from the UK. So it was just like a big happy family really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was amazing. Sort of being away from home for the first time, um, but being really far away from home. Like California yeah. was like the furthest I probably could have gone it was like, you couldn't really just jump on a plane, could you, if you were having a bad day? <laughs> no, it was like 12 hours there. And then you'd go from LAX and then you'd go to Reno from there or San Fran. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. And it was quite seasonal. So you'd get like really, really thick snow and then like super dry and hot heat as well. Um, so, yeah, loved that and did a lot of exploring there. And then transferred out to um, Barry University. And initially, I actually was going to go there like for my full four years. Um, I don't know why I didn't. I mean, I'm glad I didn't in a way. Um, I think it was still quite fresh. Like people hadn't really gone there that much. You know, this is maybe eight years ago that I went this year, which is makes me sick to say, but <laughs> that's how quickly time's gone. Mm. Um, so yeah, then I was at, yeah, in Miami, I was literally in Miami Shores, which is um, on like the mainland. Um, it's like 15 minutes from South Beach. Like if you get a clear run, I mean, that it was very busy around there, but it's, it was an unbelievable place to live. Um, 
I literally wanted to live there. And I think if I ever got an opportunity, I would move there. Mm. Um, and I did. There was, you know, there was jobs that were there. But annoyingly, I met my boyfriend from like my <laughs> hometown. The, the, the Christmas, so I went out, say, eight years this year. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I was, you know, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. And then, um, you know, I was like, yes, like nothing's here. Like, obviously, my family, I'm very close to my family. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, then I come home and like the first night out, like I knew who Aiden was, but like I just thought, oh, he's gonna be an arsehole because he's good looking. <laughs> and um, yeah, long story short, seven years later, we did long distance for three years. I don't know what, I don't know what, why he did that, but he did. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, the whole experience, yeah, as playing football, there's like being professional football because you're playing every day, you know, multiple times a day. Um, the, you get so well looked after. It's the first experience I felt I had, like, you'd walk into, like, the training room and, you know, the trainers were incredibly, like, amazing. The facilities, like, especially my pitch in Miami, we had um, PSG training there in the summer, City Women trained there a couple of times. Um, we'd always get, like, the international teams come over. But there was, like, um, Colombia, um, who else? I think England, the England teams are trained there as well when they were playing in a, in a thingy cup thing. And yeah. then um, one time, do you remember when there was an international break? I don't know. West Ham basically were not in a good place, like probably what would have been four years ago now. And um, they flew out to Miami and there was like loads of like propaganda, like the paps were like following them around, like the men's team. Mm. But they trained at our uni for like a whole week. And um, they had like Patrice Evra, um, Zabaleta, like De obviously Declan Mice was only like 18. He couldn't even go out. He was using his brother's ID and stuff. <laughs> Joe Hart, Andy Carroll, um, Joe Cole was there because he lived in Tampa, like just standing there. I was like, oh my God, that's Joe Cole. Um, <laughs> there was just this, this team was unbelievable that they had. Um, and they were just training at like, our uni all week. And D David Moyes was there at the time and like Stuart Pierce, obviously his staff and things like that. So like, it, it was an amazing experience. This is like just for I was coming home as well. So we got to like watch them train and stuff and you know they were going out every single night like the, the fact that they had all these media team like standing around and they're all dripping with sweat because obviously Miami is extremely hot yeah. and humid um it's like they're not they're not even working that hard they're just really hungover. over um <laughs> but yeah like it it was the, the fact that those sort of teams would use the facilities I think goes hand in hand with like probably how America is head and shoulders above a lot probably everywhere in the world but in terms of what they invest in sport in yeah. general for for you know boys girls and whatever um and i think it shows in terms of their physicality you know i mean you actually realize that a lot of them had already had quite big injuries as well which i always found mind-blowing like they'd have sort of the injuries that you know players are getting sort of when they're late 20s or or whatever they'd had them when they were like 15 16 probably because they're playing so much um yeah. And yeah, like so I'd say half of them had already done their ACL. And I'd be like, oh my God, like, you're, you're so young. Like, how have you done your ACL? Um, and, you know, yeah, as, as a whole, it was an unbelievable experience. And one that I would do again in a heartbeat. And there's a girl on our team now, um, Angel, who's like, I've like adopted. I actually want her family to adopt me, to be fair. Um, <laughs> Angel Fowler, they're like the coolest people ever. And um, yeah, I, I, I say to her, she's going out this year. And I'm just like... I said, call me. I said, when you're having a really, 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 really rubbish day, call me because I will tell you to just suck it up. Because I remember calling my dad, like, I want to come home. Like, <laughs> I hate it here. And like, now I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, you just don't see it, do you, when, you, when, you, when you're in the moment? And you always look back and it's a roller coaster, like anything in life, really, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, an amazing experience. One I think I'd tell if they weren't really breaking into like, if they were on the cusp of not really knowing what to do, I think any player, especially female player, even like boys that get released, I think it's an incredible opportunity for them as well um, to get drafted and things like that. So, yeah, I'd do it again, heartbeat. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible experience. I think, I think um, there's there's a sort of wave kind of happening now. I think like like you're saying about how players who aren't really getting minutes, it seems to be. I don't know, it went a little bit quiet for a while. Maybe so you said it was eight years ago now, didn't you? And it's gone mm. a little bit quiet. And then it seems to be a sort of um, a kind of turn of events and people, more people. So like if you look now, it's so like um, 
the Arsenal players, like some of the younger Arsenal players, so like Anna yeah. Patton, who's like at Aston Villa mm. at the moment, she went out there, a lot of other Moy. And then also if you look at like um, Ebony Salmon from Bristol, obviously yes. Bristol getting relegated and she's way, like, I think I had a conversation with someone sort of halfway through the season. I was like, no chance will she be staying at Bristol. Like mm. she will get snapped up by a WSL team. And if she doesn't do that, she'll be elsewhere. And obviously she's gone over to... Uh, is it racing Louisville? I think it is, and she's yeah. smashing the season. So I know. yeah, she's it's interesting. Mm. Do you think we might see more players go over there? Like I said, if it feels like there's a bit of a sort of a turn in tide, maybe. Do you think we'll see more female players and younger players go over there for that experience? I think, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a kind of you have to really. It's hard. I think you have to be a certain kind of person to go. It doesn't work out for everyone. I think I know a lot of people that went and then come home. It just wasn't for them because um, it is hard being on your own. If you're someone that isn't very like, what's the word, able to live on their own or like like an individual. Like yeah. I think if you're reliant upon your parents too much, like I did make, did make me realize all the wonderful things my mum does for me um, and how she just lives in my head rent free, telling me to turn the lights off or whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it, it made you, makes you appreciate a lot of things. But like you say, I think, yeah, I think, I just think if it's right for, if it's right for you and you're not where you want to be at your club or, I mean, I think a lot of clubs will have more of a pull now to keep players where they are. Um, because of the way that the, you know, the teams are going, you look at like Southampton, for example, yeah. who are an incredible standing point, like, you know, Southampton, which have got these fantastic youngsters who they do not want to lose. So they're offered them contracts and things like that. And, you know, they might offer them jobs there. And, and you know, they, they, they're, they're kind of paving their own path that would probably be quite similar to the environment they would play in America. Um, so I guess they're, I think players will still go out there, but I think it will be a tougher decision to make, depending on what kind of player you are, I guess, like you say. So, yeah, I think whereas then you could just go. And I mean, I left actually, if I'd have stayed at Brighton, Faye Baker, um, it was the year that like, she came down there, who's our goalkeeper now. And um, like she said to me that she thinks I actually would have benefited from being there that year. Um, so there's always, there's always what ifs, isn't there, if you, yeah. if, you, if you do or don't. And I think a lot of people I speak to always, that didn't go, say, oh, I can't, they kind of wish they'd given it a go. Because, you know, I think it's like even Angel, I said, you could go and you could absolutely hate it and it might not be for you. And that's fine. Um, you know, your mum and dad said to you, you can come home. Um, it's just things like that. But I think the way that, you know, the people that get them out there as well are just so good. Like I went through company called Sports Recruit in USA and they're brilliant. Um, can't fault them. And, you know, they have incredible connections and we'll make sure the school's right for you as well. Like that's the most important thing. Like it has to be right for you. It's like picking a team, isn't it? You don't want to be in a team that you don't get on with anyone or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's an all round experience, definitely. But like you say, I think, I think it will. I, I feel like you said, like you're right, actually, Abby. Yeah, it feels like there is more people going out. I've seen loads of people going, like, or or looking at it. Or again, it's like I think because of COVID as well, it's been a bit like, do I, don't I go? Yeah. Um, probably why as well. But I feel terrible for anyone that had to go through that at the back end of their, um, like finishing their senior year and not being able to play or whatever i mean i did two hurricanes in america in miami and that was enough like <laughs> so yeah I'd, i'll take two hurricanes again over over covid so yeah, yeah absolutely do you know what i think as well is that <clears throat> we're getting to that point where there's so many opportunities available now that you can start to afford to be a bit picky about what mm. you do and like you say you could get there and be like do you know what i hate this this is mm. not for me and actually there is the opportunity to then come back and then mm. find yourself in in the same team that you've left from or mm. find yourself another option i think mm. that's where another thing that we're on the knife edge of as well where there is actually mm. opportunities where people can start to now be like actually do you know what that's not quite right for me so i'm going to go and do this whereas before it was like scrambling for places and positions mm. and you're like how long is my career going to end up being i don't know can i do this as a career even so yeah it's definitely i think i think women's football is on a knife edge right now with so many aspects yeah i agree i think you just don't know where i mean there's so many clubs that have so much potential now and i think the way that in, you know whether it's investment or the way they're organizing themselves like even just like social media being better um i mean twitter is so good for women's football i think it's literally i spend probably that's probably the one channel i'm on the most now yeah. um 
because you get so much from it. You, you, you meet people, you, you know, you chat to people. It's how we spoke. It's the same yeah. thing. You've like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's such a, it's, it's such a lovely thing as well. I think like that's probably a double-edged sword as well. Cause I know I've got myself <laughs> in trouble for commenting about things recently, but I think at the same time it raises awareness as well. Like, for so many things but yeah like I saw Bournemouth actually today they're a club that I think would be extremely well backed as well and um, they had a few Pompey players go there and like all their social media is kind of trying to be like the one club mentality as well mm. and I don't think I think AFC Wimbledon aren't far off of that the fans have been brilliant to be fair yeah. um, and the club as a whole um, you know we've had Mark like Robbo, the first team manager, he's regularly come to like all the like pretty much all the home games and, and given Kev advice and things like that and you don't it doesn't have to do that, do you know what I mean? So I think I see those things as actually valuable to me as a player, um, knowing that the club has, like I said to you, these beliefs and that as well. But yeah, I think a lot of clubs will be professional in the next couple of years, um, which is amazing. Um, and it will open those opportunities up for the young girls to go, yeah, do you know what? I, I want to be a professional footballer. Because um, yeah, I think we're in that in-between stage. It's like, you're kind of semi-professional, but you st- I'm still working full-time. Yeah. You know, I'm still still doing those midweek games when I've got to get up in the morning, and it is so hard. I don't care what anyone says. I don't know if I, it was easier when I was younger. I don't know. I don't know if you get over the age of 25 and things are just <laughs> harder anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an amazing thing, I think. And like you say, it is, it is on a knife edge that it's going to just – it's exploded in, what, five years, really? I'd say yeah. five, six years. It's and COVID could have been detrimental. I mean, you know, you hear about those clubs that were folding and things, which was awful. Um, I think we still were a couple. But um, at the same time, there's remarkable people in, that are coming into them. So we're like Coventry, the guy that's helped with Coventry United um, and things like that. So, yeah, people care about women's football probably for the first time, like on the whole. Um, yeah. And that's what's nice to see. Yeah, it's really exciting. Right, let's let's go to present day then. Wimbledon... <laughs> so yeah you, you you joined in the middle of the pandemic you picked the day the day before we went into lockdown i'm, I'm yeah. impressed yeah i like it i like it um but we've done that chat we've done that chat so <clears throat> obviously you mentioned about how you play home games at plow lane now what what was it what was it like that first time that first that first time in october last year when you they told well firstly when they told you like oh we're going to play a game at plow lane and then just just the day like it was a real occasion wasn't it yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, it was a cup game as well. So it was quite a nice draw for us to have, really, because it wasn't, like, going to be, like, the hardest game in the world in the nicest way. Like, it wasn't. And, yes, yeah, so we were we trained at Car Shorten, and we still play occasionally some of our home games just because of fixtures clashing. They had a couple of backlogged games, and London London Broncos play at um, over to Wimbledon, like the Palais Stadium. So, yeah, we got told that, like, on a maybe the week before or so we knew it was going to happen like we knew we, we did a lot of our fo- we did all our photos there like mm. media photos and stuff like beginning of the season um but yeah like actually being told that we were going to play there was like i mean you don't really believe it do you until you're there i'm not i'm one of them people like there's a lot of things in life that i don't really believe so i see um i, I, I don't always take people's word for it i think people, you know i've been you've been let down too many times and <laughs> people have said things and it doesn't happen so yeah like I was, I, I don't know why, like sometimes, like the world could be ending and I wouldn't care, but like little <laughs> things build up in me. So I actually wasn't that nervous. Like, I don't know why. I feel like I just, yeah, it was quite like, it was a bit like I liked it to when I played Arsenal in the FA Cup. I just didn't really believe it. Like, I didn't let it get too on top of me. Um, it's, like, it's just another game. We've just got a game. Yeah, to I was today. trying to, I think like, I just wouldn't look up because there was still like 1,500 people there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you walk in and it's just, like, unbelievable anyway, you know. Even just play on grass that doesn't have anything wrong with it. It's um, flat. <laughs> yeah, and, like, there's a guy called Anthony who actually, he follows, he's the groundskeeper at Wimbledon. Mm. And, um, yeah, I follow him on Instagram, uh, Instagram on Twitter, and he followed me back. Um, and, like, these, like, he studies, that's what he did at university. He studies, like grass so like these people take it very seriously and like he was like they're like sewing the side of the pitch so I was like what are you doing like so like it's unbelievable so yeah like the, the the stadium itself and the history behind it like I didn't fully understand it and I think anyone that comes and joins Wimbledon does need to understand like how the club has formed and got to where it is just to like 
be a part of it. And even like the girls that have been in the women's team before, like they, you know, there's a lot of people that have played for FC Wimbledon, which I'm now realising. I think even I didn't realise on Sunday there was more players that have played for FC Wimbledon. So, you know, it's the game of their lives to prove a point why they're, you know, not playing there anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think going in there, I mean, the, the massive changing rooms, like you're not on top of each other. You can't get you, you can't get a bum on like your bench or whatever. You know, you've got your own little <laughs> your shirts hung up. Um, the showers are nice, which for me, like, means a lot because I like to shower after a game. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I mean, playing there and coming out to like the fans, like my friends and family being there. Mm. Um, it was something that I gen like moving from Clorley to Wimbledon, I didn't think I was going to experience. Um, and I can't tell you how it was just the best decision I've ever made in my career, like football career so far. You know, playing with the players that I am, playing with the st- under the staff we are who genuinely care about us as well as, as people, I think is why we have been getting the results on the pitch. We all get on. Um, I mean, anyone that says otherwise just hasn't been around us. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's such a lovely place to be. Um, but yeah, going out there, oh my God. So yeah, we won like, I think it was 7-1 or something. Um, yeah, I scored. Well, actually, they thought I'd scored the first goal, but it wasn't me. It was Kelly Hyman. So whoever was doing the media, like everyone was like, well done, Megan. I was like, I literally looked at my phone when I got in from the game. I was like... I, have some, I did not score the first goal, but like, everyone was like praising me. I know. <laughs> yeah. Poor Kelly. Like, um, but yeah, it was nice to get, like, rather be a part of like the first woman to score at Plough Lane in the first game there. And it was a historic event, really. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is quite, I always think it's a lovely, you forget about those things, but that's a big deal. Like, you'll be telling you, I'll be that person telling my grandchildren that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that I played at Plough Lane and, yeah, it's it was an amazing day. You're right. It was a real occasion. I mean, despite the scoreline, you know I mean, like they Walton Casuals were happy to be there. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's an experience that those girls might never have got of either. Um, so yeah, and their staff were brilliant. Um, girl called Chris was lovely. Um, yeah, I can't, you know, and even playing there now, like it was lovely to play them under the lights last week for the first time, mm. um, and things like that. So yeah. You, yeah, you have to come down and watch a game. Like, have you yeah, been? No, have definitely. You, yeah, you haven't been to one yet, have you? Not to Plough Lane, no. I have seen you play. I watched you guys play. Actually, did I watch you play? You must, you must have played. Yeah, actually, I watched um, you play against Middlesex. No, not Middlesex. Um, yeah, no, Ashton. Is it Ash? No, Ashford. I can't speak. I've, I've got yeah, against Ashford. <laughs> Wait, was it a pre-season game? Yeah, I think it must have been. It definitely was in the summer. It was very hot. I yeah, it's Shorten, then. yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So I've not yeah. been to Plough Lane yet, no, but yeah, yeah. no, I remember. On my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come before, come before the end of the season. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a lovely, it's just an amazing opportunity, really, and I think it shows where the club's going, um, the ambitions of the club as well, and you know, the top three in this league, really, whatever it ends up, you know, Billericay hashtag and us. I mean, we should be in the league above. It shouldn't just be one team that goes up. I mean, anyone that's this gold brain cell knows that, but you know, four coming down, things like that. I mean, that's a whole other discussion, but yeah, it's, it's amazing that, you know, we're up there and we've got the backing of a, an infrastructure. And I think that's important when clubs, when clubs are going up into the, I think even in third tier, you need to be able to support the club, like in a wider sense, you shouldn't have games being called off halfway through a game because your pitch isn't good enough. Things like that, like just shouldn't happen in my opinion. Absolutely spot on. I think as well, the testament to like you say about the infrastructure and stuff like that, the fact that the Continental Cup is the, the final oh God, played there, that, like, that's incredible. I, I am actually hopefully going to come to that game, so maybe I will see you. No, <laughs> but well, not you playing. Annoyingly, you won't because um, I'm going away. I know. <laughs> well, we thought we were playing Harlow, and so like I was going to just go for a little break. I'm going to Florence, and um, yeah, we can't move the trip now, so I know no one's happy, no one's happy with me, so. Um, I'm the way for it and I'm gutted because <laughs> I've got Sporting Council in the semi-final with the plate as well so mm. typical but yeah I know because Kelly Hyman on our team her fiance is Sophie Ingle oh, so right. um, we were joking with her going are you going to walk out with her like as a mascot <laughs> <laughs> that like, would no, be no. hilarious I know it would be hilarious <laughs> but yeah you'll, you'll see the girls there they're all going to be there yeah so. so yeah like you say testament to the infrastructure of the club the fact that mm. Pauline has been picked for the Conti Cup final. That's a really, mm. a really exciting 
sort of development for the club absolutely mm. so in terms of you personally what mm. what has been a, a standout moment for you i don't know maybe maybe that plow lane game was a standout moment but have you do you have a particular sort of standout moment at, at the club for yourself yeah i think i think that and it turning out have a lot better than i thought it was going to like that's, <laughs> that sounds weird like i think I don't, I'm not like a universe works out in whatever way sometimes, but I do think weirdly it, it does. I think when you worry about things, things always do work out in the end. Like, and yeah, I think for me playing on a stadium like that, like compared to, you know, I was playing at Hawley before, which is like <laughs> a local team to me. I mean, Prince of Town down the road was better. Um, but like, it's just for me, I'm like, this is where I want to be playing football and I'm good enough to be playing here. Mm. Um, so, like, telling myself that sometimes, I'll still come in and I'll go, oh, do you know, I was rubbish yesterday. And then everyone will be like, no, you, no, that's not true. Like, <laughs> but, you know, always the way. But, yeah, I think for me, definitely, you're right, Planet Plow Lane, definitely the biggest highlight so far. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And is there, I guess, is there been any challenges? I feel like it's just good vibes at Wimbledon to be honest I'm just getting it but has there been any any challenges that you've had to deal with I, I well I guess you maybe have already answered that yourself as well the fact that you signed with them in lockdown so you were like yeah I'm gonna come play for you yeah in I think lockdown. Taking, taking a bit of a I guess it was a big it was a big decision to make um but it wasn't a hard decision in the end because I literally went to that train session luckily I think it was quite nice because it was quite a chilled session because they didn't know they didn't have a game so it was like super fun yeah and everyone was like chilling um but yeah I mean personally I've, I've even this season I played with a bit of a niggle for probably the probably biggest challenge I've had personally this season is from even like November December January I've, I had a bit of a probably shouldn't have been playing on it but played with it anyway um <laughs> bit of an ankle injury and um I'm pretty sure I had Covid over Christmas <laughs> but like it didn't show so yeah I'm literally probably only just starting to feel normal Mm. now and i've got friends that are like you've definitely got long covid or whatever it's called i think probably everyone's got something yeah. but yeah i think for me probably making sure this is the right decision and so i'm realizing it was mm. and then playing for an injury um and even though it's a little, little niggle i'm that player i'm like oh, i could have you know my leg hanging off i'm still gonna be i'm still playing i think after Give me a minute, years, i'm coming <laughs> yeah just yeah just wait a second i'll get there don't worry i know and i'm such a hard working person so like when i when i'm not playing like that like i'm no use to anyone really um so yeah i think it's nice that even so i've still been able to play so i can't complain i won't i will not get pulled off i will not show it hurts I would tell you it doesn't hurt. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, actually, I should have asked this, this to you at the beginning, really. But whilst we're here, mm. have you have you always been a midfielder, or have you been in other places and then you just sort of naturally found your way to the midfield, or have you just you always been a stalwart midfielder? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, even when I was younger, I feel like a lot. Of, you know, football's a game of opinions, isn't it? And I. I mean, my dad would now say, like, he was, this is my, that's my, you get the best out of me when I'm playing in and around an eight or a 10, really. Mm. Um, even at Cholton, I was always, oh, I was all over the place, but mainly down the right side, I'd say, because I've got, a, I've got a really good right foot on me. Mm. So, I mean, I'd play right back, right wing. I'd occasionally play in the middle or I'd play up top. So I sort of have played in and around that position. And at school, obviously, I think, anyone that's good plays in the middle of the pitch. So I'd yeah. sort of do that on the weekend. And then I was playing centre mid at school. And I think my confidence probably was built up at school. And then I'd get a bit like, oh, I've got to play right wing in the game or whatever. So not always. I think I've sort of, I grew into that position. The first person that put me there actually um, was Stuart Noakes when I was down at Brighton. So him and DJ, they used to, they ran our team at on 17s, on 16 number 17s. And um, he was, uh, like, randomly, he was like, I don't think you're a right winger. Like, let me put you in the middle of the pitch. And this was what, when I was 16, 17. Mm. And then ever since then, I haven't really looked back. And I sort of start, I can pick the ball up and I can probably dictate the play more than I give myself credit for. But I'd like to be in and around. If I can be in and around where, like, so, like, playing with Ash Hinks right now, for example, <coughs> we comfort each other very well. So it's like, if I can be close to her, but I can also do that bit when I need to. Like, last Sunday, last Wednesday I got put up top on the right side so I guess 
it's good to have versatility to your game anyway, I think, as a player. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite glad that I th- it's nice to see the game from different positions. But, yeah, I sort of grew into that position, I think, as a footballer, definitely. I think that's quite important within women's football as well to be a bit versatile about yourself because obviously like like we've said it's taking lots of strides forward but equally we are still at that point where you have to be like I've, I've still got to have a second job because this is eventually I'm gonna to have to stop doing this and yeah so, yeah I think being able to play yourself in different positions is obviously beneficial because it means that if I don't know if you're stuck on a on a day and you need somebody in that position you can be like yeah I've done that before I'll, I'll give it a go like yeah as well it just makes you a better player doesn't it if you're mm. if you're adaptable like that <clears throat> yeah definitely I think for young players it's just really important like I mean even now there's players that probably were used to playing in the middle of the pitch that are playing you know might play right back might play left back um and you know you've, you you want to be on the pitch at the end of the day so it means I've got to go and do that job like even now I've, I'll be reluctant to because I'm like you know this is my position now but then I'm like actually I actually had fun like you know it's not that bad Plus, you don't have to really defend as much. So <laughs> I could just like, I could go like, oh, do you know what? Like, that's what you all do to me. When they're shouting, midfield, get back. And I'm like, no, I'm not even a midfielder right now. I'm a striker. So <laughs> actually, I'll chew up here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go back to, like, to university as well. What did you actually do at uni? Is it, was it football related <laughs> or was it like completely different? Like... Yeah, ish. I did health and exercise science, which I don't even use now. I mean, I wish I'd actually done something. I had a minor in like business as well, but it's like, I wish I'd done something more. Well, I, I, I work in town acquisition now for a company called tales.com. So um, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to go in, I'm in HR. So like I'm in the people teams. Like, I wish I'd studied that. But <laughs> I just did that because it suited like my, I, I thought I wanted to be a PE teacher to be fair mm. or like be a fit, you know, or work with like the human body or whatever and do it, whether it's like phys, uh, physiotherapy or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it suited, it's lovely around the football side because you were in and around sort of the people that you were dealing with every day anyway, like, the athletic trainers to like the strength conditioning guys things like that um but yeah it was I mean any learning is good isn't it but I wish I had done something I wish I thought more about what I could have actually done with my career rather than just do a degree I mean obviously I had no debt whatever so I don't have any student loans but I think now I might I mean I still want to study now I just don't know when I'd fit that into my time at the moment I just feel like I have zero time Mm. so again um, gone from having loads of time to no time so yeah I did health and exercise science basically mm. <clears throat> have you kind of dipped your toe in a bit of coaching or anything like that is that maybe something that could be part of your future at all I'd like to I, I, I went through this stage where I was like no don't want to do it like kids do my head in like no but I, I like now I think even just like on a match day when you see how lovely it is for these young girls to see us playing football and you know we're not the top flight footballers but them just even like saying hello to them or like things like that you are so influential you don't realize mm. um when just being able to like that whole see it be it thing yeah um, so yeah now i really want to give back to to women's sport and i think it's also a time thing for me. I think I need to make time for that. I've got my level one. I mean, everyone, I think everyone's get the level one, but I know the level two is a bit harder. So it's on my, it's on my list of things to do. Definitely. I, but I didn't think you'd ask me that four years ago. I'd have said no way, but now I'm like, actually like, I couldn't think of anything better than having a little Saturday morning team. Like um, Jenny Drury, who I play with at Crawley, her daughter, Alba plays with like a boys team locally in Upfield. And she was going, Oh, come on come along and I'm, I'm like no because it's not like I don't it's not my kids do you know what I mean like yeah. I'm also at that point I'm like that's where it's like you know this is just people's children with their mum and dad's doing it <laughs> to like you know being able to actually sit and I know you see a game very differently as a coach so I think a lot of people say when you do the coaching stuff that it'll make your game better anyway so I kind of want to do it before I'm too old to say oh I wish I'd done that when I was playing um so yeah I, I think I definitely definitely will Mm-hmm. interesting interesting so that's kind of your possible future what do you feel like the future looks like for Wimbledon and well you as well actually to be fair not just the coaching side also. God. yeah yeah I don't know <clears throat> terrifying question because I feel like I feel like you know I'm, I'm 27 I'm not like super old you know what I mean but yeah I think for Wimbledon I think 
it's got it's just a club just going places like they'll be i mean should be in the should be in the league above there's no reason why it couldn't be a club that's in the championship in the future um i think hopefully the way that leagues leagues expand and the way that clubs are growing and can compete and all those things and support players um i think in the next you know five years it'll be it'll probably be when my career's probably coming to an end but i think the opportunities will be there for clubs like that and for me yeah i mean I still want to play a couple more years years at this level because, you know, and higher. Um, because I think the last two years I feel like have been wasted. Like, yeah. and two years out of your career is, and you know, when I was twenty four, twenty five, like they're like the years that you know you want to be playing all the time. So, yeah, I think for me, I still want to play a couple of years. I mean, I still like to think even if I had a baby, I could come back and play. So, I think you're seeing more people do it. I mean, even like Sam Pittup. Um, I mean, she's still coming back and banging in goals for Ricky, and you know she's got two kids, so she's she's my little icon at the moment. So yeah, no children yet though, no way, <laughs> like not ready for that. But um, yeah, I think for me, I I still the thing is I've actually had to really think about my career for the first time as well. So now I've actually got something I'm actually enjoying. That's also a big relief to actually and be earning like better money and just things like that because. You sort of like put that on hold. I think when, like, even when I was at Crawley, I was sort of like in and out of jobs I didn't really want to do because I wanted to still give football my attention. Mm. Whereas I've had to think, you know, I actually do need a career. Um, so that was always also kind of like a hard thing to accept. But I kind of did that in, in COVID times. So, yeah, I think it kind of made you realise like what life's like without football as well. So, yeah, and all the things that are important as well. So, yeah. You know, I've got I've got all my lovely friends and family, so as long as I've got them, I'll be happy. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Right, we have come to the point. I feel like you're excited for this part. This is the part yeah. where you debate your players out, like dig out the team. Some yeah. people do veto a couple of questions, but Megan, I'm going to be honest. I feel like you're going to answer all of them. So, and I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, they probably won't even get this far. They'll be like, Megan has spoken. Like literally, if you could, if you could get one other person that would talk a lot, this Faye. And like at one point, no one even listens to me. Like they just get to a point where they're so numbed by the shit that comes out of my mouth. Like they just don't say. Like no one's surprised, so it'd be fine. <laughs> you can say whatever you like. Yeah, they won't have even got this far. They'd have probably stopped listening now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right. Okay. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Who is always late? Probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably me. Or... Just going to answer yourself for all of the questions. No, I'm not even joking. I'm always late. Like, I'm always the last one out change room. I'm always the last one to do everything. I'm always late. Um, who else? So you're is the late? one funding the Christmas do, yeah? Before you're late. Yeah, <laughs> we've actually that's actually stopped happening. The one most, yeah, on the other end of the spectrum, like. Are you yeah. just doing a direct debit every month? Is that why? Because it's just always you. Like, no, but like, we have, it somehow stopped. We, we shouldn't be talking about this because it actually has stopped. Like, I guess it's me or Faye. Some, no, actually, she's on time quite a lot. She's the person I'd actually really like to dig out because she just she's like me. She gives everyone crap all the time. Oh, there's a few. So, um, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I actually have to say me because I think I'm always late. And the coaches make comments like, you just go into the change room. So like, I'll be the first one in the change room like after a game, but I'm still the last one out, even though I was probably the first one in there. They're like, I imagine you just walk around talking to everyone. Like, how was the game? How did you find it? Like, swanning about. And then I have to have a shower. And then I'm last one out. So yeah, annoyingly, I have to say me. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> uh, who is scoring your winning goal? Ashens, yeah, every, every single time, <laughs> every time. I mean, she's done it to Billericay's right, uh, Billericay hashtag twice, hasn't she? Um, she's brilliant. So yeah, yeah. nice things all day. <laughs> uh, equally, who's missing it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Chew, Rebecca Carter, or Katie Stanley, and they can't they can't shoot me for that because it's been numerous times that has happened this season. <laughs> I love the confidence you had there as well. What, are, they, are they strikers as well? Or? Yeah, and yeah, they're very, or very that's good. Mate as well, because normally people <laughs> get a bit scared of this question. They just pick a like a goalkeeper or a defender. They're like, yeah. oh, I don't know, I couldn't possibly say that. You're, you're like, not these people. Yeah, no, <laughs> they won't argue with it. 
because <laughs> they both don't remember, they both score a load of goals anyway but there was a time where both even both of them weren't scoring so an absolute sitter yeah. constantly <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh who's the most competitive oh i'd say i'm i'm quite competitive but i'd say jess lurie's really competitive um yeah i'd say jess is probably more competitive than me or emily oliver who's a little youngster she's competitive she's got a little feisty side she's like someone that just uses her arms you know someone just like you're like wow like there's like yeah like so many arms flying around um them two together in training actually is highly entertaining um so yeah i'd probably say them two i mean i'm competitive in probably a different way to them they're more like aggressive Just limbs flying everywhere. Yeah, limbs everywhere. <laughs> like Jess really uses her bum as well. Like you just bounce off of her. I'm like, oh my god, it's like Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, definitely them too. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, who waits till match day to turn on the heat? So like they're pretty like chilling, training. They're like just doing. They're going about their business, and then match day, they're just on fire. Hmm. That's a good question. Sometimes there's players that do the opposite, isn't there? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd say Rosie Russell. Like, she's probably been one of our most consistent players. She's a little right back. She's been at Wimbledon, like, her whole career since she was little. Mm. Um, and I think she's always goes under the radar because she's very consistent. Um, there's nothing flash about what she does, but she is just consistently good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, her because there's sometimes she's just there was a we played London Seawood, she was absolutely phenomenal. Like, and I don't think she realizes how good she is, which is probably why you don't always see it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, her for me. Nice. Uh, who's turning up at the wrong venue or forgetting their kit? <laughs> Lauren Allen. Like, <laughs> no hesitation there. Yeah, one hundred percent. She was meant to play for like I think she was helping out the twenty threes for a game. <laughs> And like, she's so, she's so funny. Like, you, you hear her from a mile away anyway. She's louder than me. And um, she, I think she went to like the wrong, I think she went to King's Meadow, she was saying. I can't even remember what she was saying. I was, uh, it was just so, I, I, I don't know what happened. But she basically went to the wrong place. Or the, the actual, the under-23s coach gave her the wrong uh, address. And she went there. And then she couldn't get there in time. So then she just turned up at our game. We were like, what are you doing there? You're not supposed to be here. Like, I thought you were going to. And then, yeah, so her. And I think she said her dad still packs her bag. And I was like, aren't we the same age? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone, I'd say it's her. Definitely. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Um, who's the biggest joker? Like, who's the prankster of the team? Like, who's telling the bad jokes? Oh, I mean, if you were talking about stuff, stuff it'd be... Um, John Parker because he's always trying to crack jokes. I think Faye's quite a bit of a joker. I'd say I'm just like just trying to annoy everyone all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Kelly Hyman actually, our centre back is very funny. Like she takes the mickey out of people too. So I think you can do it in a way that's like, do you know what I mean? Like stone cold faced as well, where people yeah. don't realise that you're being muggy as well. That's so what I'd say them two. Like. <laughs> yeah. That's your captain was like, you say. No, my goalkeeper, she's like that. She's like, yeah. uh, like straight face. And then she'll say, Yeah, that's like Faye. <laughs> yeah. It's like, did you mean that? Like, <laughs> did I offend you that bad? Never way? entirely sure if they're being serious or not. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know where you stand sometimes. You're yeah, like, exactly. well, was that a joke? Or, <laughs> yeah. So, them two probably. Yeah, Kelly and Faye. Right, last one. Who's the team hype woman? So, like, who's got the tunes going? Who's getting everyone pumped for hype, like, oh. game day? That's I'd say that's Steph, man. She's the loveliest person. Like she's such a like happy to be there person anyway. Um she's for me, hundred percent. She's always like bouncing about. Um yeah. I'd say Steph all day. Nice, like it. Megan, you survived the quick fire questions and you didn't veto any of them. I'm so impressed. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they were gonna be they weren't that bad. I feel like I won't get any. I won't get any crap for that. Get <laughs> stick for that one. No, <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Is there anything else you just want to add in general about the team, or like where can we find people on social media? Where can we find the team? Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, um, players. Yeah, so like the FC Wimbledon, we we've we've trying to get it all even a bit more streamlined and stuff at the moment. Um, it's been they, they didn't really have any of social media, so that's kind of all new. So yeah, follow us on Instagram. We're doing a bit more interactive stuff. 
Um, the girls are actually taking over the Conti Cup one as well, which is really cool. Yeah. They asked them to do that. Um, so yeah, Twitter, Instagram is like where you can find us all. And um, pretty much, I think kids are free um, at Plough Lane. So if you, you know, if you come with your mum and dad, um, or you know, you come with your mates, it's either like a fiver mm. or it's free for kids. So yeah, just on there really. Amazing. Cool. Well, in that case, Megan, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you. It's been really great. Oh, it's been lovely speaking to you too. <laughs> cool. Amazing. Thank you. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in to episode 13 of the latest series in the Selk podcast production. Expect to hear many more interviews from those involved in the women's grassroots game, as well as news, history and everything else in between. And remember, it's okay not to be okay. So if you ever want to reach out, I'm always happy to chat football or anything else for that matter. Feel free to get in touch with me on social media. Stay safe out there. Follow guidelines. Catch you all soon for episode 14. I've been your host, Abby, and you've been listening to Match Fix. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability. <laughs> <laughs>